Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage Project Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Cameron and Danielle Philgreen. Cameron and Danielle have been married for five and a half years, going on six, and currently live in Waco, Texas. They have a full-time job, and that is photography and videography. Um, some facts that I pulled from their website that I thought would be fun is that they have a house-trained bunny, which I'm going to need to ask them more about, about that. They both say they're huge extroverts. They love working on home projects and love listening to podcasts. And they just welcomed their first baby boy, Cohen, last June. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Don't to be here. You're welcome. Before we move any further, house trained bunny. <laughs> Can you guys tell us? Oh my us gosh. About well, it's really fun to have her. And I love having her. Her name's Kenai. And it took forever to make her house trained, but she finally is. And she just hops around and she's really, really quiet and really sweet. And you just feed her hay and vegetables twice a day. And our son absolutely adores her. She's not a huge fan of him, though. We, like, rescued her, long story short. (laughs) Got it. Aw, I love that. And so before we move any further, um, I wanted to ask you guys, too, to recommend. So I get this question a lot doing podcasts, like, what are your top podcast recommendations? So if you guys are avid podcast listeners, do you guys have some favorites that you could recommend. I'm I'm curious myself because I need yeah, a good, good podcast to listen sure. to. Sure. Um, right now, my favorite podcast that I'm listening to is like re- listening to it regularly is Meditations with Mick Ooh. Murray. Uh, basically, it's super short episodes made to listen to in the morning to get your heart postured around Jesus and around the gospel. And they're really incredible. They just help you hone in on what you want the focus of your day to be. Yeah. And then I would say I, I'm i more on the audiobook train right now, um, but my favorite podcasts are, I really am a big Bigger Pockets fan, which is a real estate investing podcast. And I listen to Snacks Daily, which is so fun and such, it's a phenomenal business news podcast. Those are mm. my favorites. Cool. Right now. I love it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. We connected via, I think you said Instagram, you found podcasts, and I just gushed over your guys' work. You guys have beautiful work. We'll get into all of that. But um, the heart of the podcast here is just, yeah, testimonies behind matrimonies and behind marriage. And I just was wanting to ask you guys to share a bit of that part of your story, just your backgrounds and that type of thing. I would say for me, I grew up in a house where uh, they like went to church on on Sundays, but I wouldn't say I like radically fell in love with Jesus until I was a little bit older. And I did YWAM. It stands for Youth with a Mission. And um, basically, I just got my life completely rocked um, and lived overseas in the Philippines. And it was during that time that I had like a really huge encounter with the Holy Spirit, and then was just forever changed, honestly. Um, That sounds so extreme, but I I went from like zero to 60 and like really got a grip for what it meant to know Jesus and follow him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was hard for me. I felt so humbled doing YWAM and being like completely different from everyone else who was doing it, who was like pretty well-grown Christians in the Mm -hmm. program. 
and I would say I was like a little baby Christian still trying to grasp the gospel. So um, it was really awesome. And that was in 2012. And uh, ever since then, I feel like I have just gotten to live in radical obedience to him. And I've moved a lot because we're just chasing Jesus around the globe. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Danny has an amazing story. She's just scratching the surface there. I'm sure. I was um, like, I'm sure there's so much there. <laughs> yeah. And then I grew up in Kansas City and I grew up in a Christian home. I, my great grandma and grandpa all the way down through our whole family, like probably over 100 people um, mm-hmm. underneath them in the family tree. Like I'd say 90% of us are following Jesus and I don't even know most of them, but very cool family legacy and just super thankful for my my mom and dad. Just uh, I just think I grew up with an awesome family. And then I'd say I gave my life to the Lord when I was like five or six. And then around the end of high school, beginning of college, started just like experimenting with the world and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, drinking and smoking weed and, and hanging out with the wrong crowd for about a year. And that was probably the darkest season of my life. And then uh, the Lord rescued me out of that through some people in college. Mm -hmm. And specifically, some of those people were a part of a movement called Antioch. And they just lived in this certain way. It's hard to explain. Growing up in like a, I'd say a pretty religious background, hearing the way they had a relationship with God was just something I hadn't seen before. And uh, I wanted that. I just like found myself desiring to know God the way they did. And so I was really attracted to this group and then ended up getting plugged in and getting on fire for God and encountering God and finding out God's real, basically, just went from kind of more of a religious mindset, I would say, to having a true relationship with Jesus and and knowing the Holy Spirit and following him. Mm. And... Yeah, and now we're a part of Antioch to this day, and we it's just like our family mm-hmm. and great movement to be a part of and been following Jesus and on fire for him since mm-hmm. 2012, so 10 years. Wow. And it's kind of my story yeah. in a nutshell. In a nutshell, I know. So you intrigued me, though. You said that um, Daniel has – do you go by Danny? That People yeah. call me both. Okay. Um, that you said um, – that's just scratching the surface. I'm like, is there something there like that listeners might be like, okay, what, what is that a little more? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to fill in the blanks a little? Yeah. What were you thinking? Cameron? You does such a good job. Danny just has one of those stories that you can, she could share for like an hour or yeah. she can just share for two minutes, but totally. <laughs> you dive in to what you feel like is a great part of the testimony. You know, I feel like I'm an open book, but I just never know how much is too much because it's kind of a long story. Yeah. Um, Danny is really amazing to me because she is so counter her whole family, um, like her immediate and extended family. And um, they love the Lord. But Danny is like just whenever we go to Alaska, which is where she's from, where her whole family is, I'm like blown away by how different her life looks. Um. And she just is joyful and peaceful and loves people. And yeah, I would say before I did YWAM, I was probably headed down 
the track that would lead me to not knowing Jesus. Just it wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't like going to be like put in jail or was doing heavy drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just was kind of living lukewarm, um, mm-hmm. like sleeping around and I just would have never caught the gospel. And then it was really random and radical that I did YWAM because we don't know anyone who's done YWAM yeah. <laughs> except for my stepmom happened to have a cousin who had mm-hmm. done YWAM, which is what kind of allowed me to go and do it. My family, I, I don't even know why they let me. It had to be the Holy Spirit. And so then I did YWAM and I didn't even know what I was doing, if that makes sense. I thought it was a program for people who like to travel, but they were <laughs> quote, Christians. And so when I showed up, I was like, what is wrong with these people? They're so crazy. They're weird. And uh, I just was the girl who stood in the back with her arms crossed, like they can't hear the voice of God. Um, They're losing their mind. And so it took maybe four months during the training school for me to kind of grow any interest. And then when we finally went overseas to the Philippines, I still was hard as a rock. And I just did not have vision for why we were even there. And I went through a series of a whole bunch of times of getting sick when I was in the Philippines. And basically that brought me to rock bottom. Like I was so broken. I had a black eye. I had foot and mouth. I had mumps and I had contracted tuberculosis. So oh I was God. like really, really ill and really broken and and my like heart was just aching from past pain from sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And so I had a breakthrough moment, like an instant moment where the lights flipped on. And in my weakness, just like the Bible says, I had this revelation, a true revelation of who Jesus was and who he was made to be as our father. And so it was this really radical encounter, um, like – I, I, it was my first day out of bed rest and I had been uh, quarantined because I was really contagious because I had mumps and no one there was vaccinated. And so it was in that day, in that moment that I also had freedom. And so it was just a really big deal. And um, I think that's a little bit tapping more into what Cameron was talking about. There is a moment where you hit your rock bottom, like you said, and it is all of a sudden personal and you just feel yeah. like the peace of God wash over you and you can't explain it. You, it's like trying to explain a good movie to someone that hasn't seen the movie. Like they yes, can hear it, totally. but they can't appreciate it until they actually like see it for themselves and, or feel it or experience it. So that was a great synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to skip up a little bit. So how did you two meet? You both were, had that transformation in 2012. I caught on to that. So was there just like this crossover at church or how did that happen? Yeah, so we she was a part of uh, Antioch Knoxville at the time. Was this 2014 or something? And okay. I was a part of Antioch Lawrence in Kansas. Okay. And we both um, ended up in Orlando on a spring break trip, uh, like sharing the gospel and, and doing outreach for spring break, which is what people are doing right now. Actually, it was kind of funny. We met in a hot tub on spring break, which sounds so risque, but there's like 20 other people there. It's kind of totally. funny. And we chatted for like 10 minutes about rock climbing and about her boyfriend and about my girlfriend. <laughs> and we went our separate ways for like the next eight months. We both ended up breaking up with those people. And then she ended up in Lawrence mm-hmm. for the discipleship school. You want to share about that? Or 
No, you're yeah. doing great. Yeah. And we did this, uh, another discipleship school together. It's not YWAM, but similar. And, uh, that was like a six month deal where in like class in this room, like every day, all day with just like us and 12 other people. And so we got to know each other and we got to know everyone really well, but you get to see like the, the best and the worst parts, the best of and the worst, the good, the bad, the ugly of everyone in the class. And it was really good. We, we mm-hmm. became really good friends anyway. Like th- I actually didn't like Danny at first, but then like, she, cause she was just so magnetic and bubbly and like just this like perfect girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do not like her. So, um, uh, <laughs> But anyway, that changed after like two or three months. I ended up asking her out and she said no because she was fasting from dating during the D school. So then I was like, okay, no worries. I'll see you in three months. And he waited. It was six months and he waited. And we just like flirted from afar for three months as friends. And then. Yeah, and then like the what was it twelve oh one, after the discipleship school ended, I looked at my watch and I said, "Can we, can we go out now?" <laughs> yeah, I was counting down. Yeah, so we we met in Florida. Fast forward, did a discipleship school, became really good friends, and then went on our first date almost a year and a half later. Oh wow, that's so cool. It was when I went got to Lawrence, I realized, oh my gosh, that's where that guy lives who I talked to about his girlfriend who likes rock climbing. And it clicked then. And then there was only 10 people doing the discipleship school in Lawrence, Kansas. So it felt like, oh, that's so weird. Like he's also in the school. And I also did not like him at first. I was like, you are too (laughs) cool for school. I will never date you. (laughs) So how or what was one of the harder transitions? So you guys dated got engaged and then going from single life to married life. I hear, I hear so many different, I mean, similar things, but also it's like everyone has a little bit of a different answer to this. So. Yeah, I would say for both of us, the hardest transition from being single to getting married was by far engagement we had a really hard time being engaged because we had so much vision for dating and the purpose of dating and also the purity of dating. And then when we got engaged, it was like, oh, we're so close to home, but we're not there. And so we were only engaged for five months. So it was really short, but we just really struggled with uh, temptation. Like we worked really hard to stay pure during our dating season and had like a lot of accountability and just really kept our hearts in line and like our bodies in line with the gospel. Um, but during engagement, we had, I just feel like we had to repent a lot to our disciplers. <laughs> That's a really big need for discipleship, like you're saying, for engaged couples, because it's like this kind of weird in between. Yes, where you know you're going to be married and you're going to be able to have intimacy, but then you're not actually married yet. So you still can, can and should withstand. Right. That's that's hard. That's so hard, but that's real. I mean, you hear so many different stories, but I appreciate you guys being honest and real about that and being hard. It's not just oh purity and equals and then we're married and then it's all okay. It's like, no, there's a real struggle there. Yeah. 
Would you say the same? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm totally committed to you for the rest of my life until I the day I die. And yet I cannot touch you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just such almost- like a bizarre season, super hard. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people talk about it. But yeah, I mean, you've probably heard the purity culture world. Like, I, I'm all for purity and like have lived that from coming out of a place of living in sexual sin and like, nine years of that and then coming to know the Lord and like walking in that. But I can't even imagine like the second you have feelings, like the natural response is to want to physical touch and like, it's almost unnatural to not. So dating. Totally. It's a oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I just feel like there needs to be more conversations about that with. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. Right? Like that's an, oh another gosh. episode. Danny's testimony in full, and then in, <laughs> and then we'll go down that route. Purity and engagement. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. That's so yeah, it's so necessary. Uh, um, but um, fast forwarding a little bit, so I'll get back to this question. You guys both now work together. You guys have this photography videography business. Um, did you guys have that separate before? Did were you guys each doing that too, and then you blended it, or how did that come into like married life? Great question. You you should take it. Yeah, uh, I started doing videography actually in college just to like make make extra cash, and I had done some in high school, and so I started doing it, and it like was successful, and um, people were enjoying the product, and so I kept doing it, and eventually built a built a website and then eventually made it a goal to do photography which I thought I could not do there's just it was just so saturated in Kansas City and I thought I couldn't compete and people were so good and but you know anyway I made it a goal yeah. and and that started to take off too and then Danny and I started dating and I was like you want a second shoot with me in North Carolina for a wedding this weekend <laughs> And she came along and, and shot video with me. And I was like, dang, you're good. Like, you crushed it. it. It was so good. And uh, that was the Bowman wedding, Courtney Bowman's wedding, yeah. if you're listening. Okay. And anyway, so so that kind of kick-started um, the idea when we got married of, well, really kind of from dating to engaged to married of her joining me on wedding days mm. whenever I needed a shooter. Okay. And then when we got married, we like became a unit and started doing it together together yeah. and um Danny took us to the, the next level when it when it comes to beauty and aesthetic and content and uh everything and so mm. we've been doing it five and a half years now together cool. and that's so cool we've just recently changed our name to the Phil Greens uh in the past couple of years and we've just recently started feeling the same heart as you for, for marriage as wedding photographers, just like, wow, there's a lot of emphasis on this one day and not a lot of emphasis on the next, in our case, five and a half years, like or the next 50 years. And, uh, so that's been our emphasis for the past couple of years. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It's, you're right. It's like all of this prepping into this one day and then, then what? And like I've seen things doing wedding photography myself, wondering a lot of the times it's usually couples who aren't believers. And so it's like this grand affair and you're wondering why are they even like, what is it about this ceremony? Like, do people ever wonder why I'm doing the thing I'm doing? I know it's to celebrate and 
all of that, but it's so much more concrete and deep for like the believer when we know we're including God in it and I don't, and it's covenant and what covenant even means. And so I oftentimes wonder like what happens after that point, you know, that's so good. You could, I, I feel like it's a little bit similar to you, but the same way you felt like there was a need for a podcast for married people who also love Jesus or wanted to, we yeah. kind of felt that same heart posture shift when we changed our name to the Phil Greens of like, we need to help provide more resources for married couples, like free resources on Instagram, but then also how can we make products that married couples can use during marriage? Right. Because it, you do weddings as well, and it was just really heartbreaking. Like we've only shot weddings for six years, which mm-hmm. is long ish, but mm-hmm. we were seeing some couples get divorced in that time span. And it was just like, whoa, there's a need and we want to be able to somehow bolster the marriages of the couples we were doing. It, it became so much less about quantity and it became so much more about quality of totally. the marriage like lasting. Right. Yeah. And I, when I was just starting like walking with the Lord back in 2013, I saw this couple. I had never experienced this for myself. Um, cause I only knew like hookup culture, like just, I don't even just hookups and toxic relationships and just not good relationship habits. And so the Lord started to show me through this couple, like what a healthy Christ-centered marriage looked like. And so as the years went on and I started doing wedding photography, I just felt like, gosh, like if that impacted me, like I only saw this couple for maybe 10 minutes, like it was at a fundraiser and they spoke and God really used that. That's what really the heart even behind the podcast was, is like, if it could just like one couple or someone watched you guys and they're like, wow, like that's attainable. Like I'm going to wait for that. Like I want a husband Mm -hmm. that honors Christ. I want a wife that honors Christ and we can do kingdom work together. That really was it. Cause I'm like that, there's such a lack of that too, to see this like example of couples and, um, maybe it can inspire hope for couples if they've gotten married and they're just hitting a wall. I'm like, there is an answer. It's Jesus. <laughs> like having yeah, Jesus yeah. is like changes everything. Like you said, like that transformation you had. Um, so you said there was a God story of how you guys landed in Waco. So how did that come about? So Waco, of course, everyone, does everyone bring up Magnolia when you say you're from Waco? Yes. Magnolia <laughs> put Waco on the map. It did. It just did. Yeah. <laughs> I can share a little bit about uh, how we got here. Basically, um, yeah, like I said before, once I fell in love with Jesus, then uh, I really have only ever moved if he said to go. So I personally never wanted to live in Waco because I'm not a giant Texas fan and I also don't love the heat. Um, But Cameron, I don't know if he had like a I don't want to live there vibe. But after being in Lawrence, Kansas for a couple of years after our church plant there closed, we just were waiting on the Lord and asking him and doing a prayer journal together, but separately. And we compared our journals and we both. Wait, what's a prayer journal? Sorry, we we set aside 30 days where we both would wait on the Lord intentionally about where he wanted us to go next because we were open books and also our job was really flexible. Right. And during that time, we just wrote whatever we heard the Lord saying. Mm-hmm. 
and we compared our journals and they were just almost identical and really lined up. And we both felt like we were supposed to move to Waco as a stepping stone. And we were hopping back into Antioch Community Church that's located. One of their church plants is located here. And so that's how we got here. Um, And we don't work at Antioch. (laughs) We just love Antioch and they just feel like family. And so Cameron already said that. And that's why we're here. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And side tangent, if you are listening to this and you have like a really big decision to make, like a life decision, whether you have a family or a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, or you're single, a prayer journal is a great way to make that decision. Just 30 days every day, sit down in the morning and ask God, God, what are you saying about this today? For 30 days straight and compare your journal with let's say your your spouses after 15 days and then do it together and it's just a really great way to make a huge decision more simple and and uh to bring the lord into that decision it's great just phenomenal tool yeah and you have it written i i often i have a little prayer journal too i like the idea though of the 30 days for something like that you're needing to make a decision on but sometimes you go back and i'm like why am I, what is going on in this season? And then like, I'll go back to (laughs) something like from like five years ago. And like, I'm like, Oh, like I asked God for that. I forgot. Like, you know, and he's answering it. He's so faithful. That's why I'm in this place that I'm at, or this is happening right now. And, or I'm going to that location. Like I had written like the desires of my heart. Like I want to go here. And he's like, well, now I have new desires, but remember you asked me for that one, like, yeah. a few years back? Oh and my like, gosh. it's just, it's such a good reminder of like what we've asked God for and how he answers and is faithful. It's like a, that's so good. Yeah. Keeping us. Oh my gosh. People. I love that. Yeah. But that's cool. I love that charge for couples, um, or just yeah. anybody. Yeah. Random. Um, sorry. No, it's, it's good. It's a good encouragement because some people might need like that practicality of like, okay, well, how do I implement that or I'm in need of making a big decision and that's a really good tool. Um, so you guys work from home, I'm assuming, because you probably edit and do that kind of thing. So what has been like one of the biggest challenges and also biggest blessings working together? Because I know freelance can be like drumming up business for yourself can just, there's slow months. It's like feast or famine for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you guys feel that ever, but totally. Oh my gosh, you share about yeah. some that you can think of and I'll tag on. Sure. Um, yes, working together as a married couple and working in the same office at home is very difficult. <laughs> uh, I'd say the best things for us, I would say I don't have as much of an issue with it. Danny does. She doesn't like um, when I'm working past five or when we don't have boundaries set up. And so boundaries have been a huge thing for us. And she has been a stickler about it, and which is great. Um, but so, so we just try to set up boundaries, you know, when are you going to start work and when are you going to end work? And for us, it's like eight to five. Yeah. And recently I'm the one doing most of the work and I'm, I'm the one who has an issue with working too much. And so, and recently she's been a mom for the past nine months. And so it's just changed a lot the past nine months. But so two big boundaries are, I have to be, or I try to be (laughs) in the office up here where we are. If I'm working so that if I'm downstairs working and baby's crying, she doesn't feel like I'm just ignoring her 
or whatever. It's like if I'm upstairs, I'm working. And it's like the same as if I'm out of the house, basically, is our rule. And uh, trying to end by five. And if it's going to be later, just communicating that. What what would you say? Yeah, I would say exactly that. The hardest part is the boundaries for me. Um, Before we had Cohen, it was a little easier because I feel like we both thrive working together. So we just get on the hype train. I feel like we would just really put our heads down and like get stoked one night and we would just like work and bounce ideas and we would just work and it was so fun. It wasn't like work. It, it was like this, we're hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was awesome. That's fun. Uh, and now it's different and I really felt like the Lord was calling me to uh, step fully into being a mother. And mm-hmm. so I'm doing that. Um, and I think the hardest part for me has not – not being able to like join Cameron in all of the ventures that he's spearheading a hundred percent. I can join maybe 20%, Mm -hmm. but uh, having a baby takes maybe 80% of my time. So (laughs) I have to really press into that. Totally. Yeah. I was going to ask that next, how that shift has happened being a mom, being new parents, just that new rhythm. So you kind of answer that in that it's just, you want to probably go after it like you did, but now there's this new priority and new responsibility and totally. Yes. Yeah. And we yeah. have discussed like putting Cohen into a daycare mm-hmm. because he would do great and he's a really big extrovert, but oh. we mostly me, I guess I feel just like the Lord saying he wants to give me greater freedom. If I choose motherhood, I, I didn't, ever I was never the girl who was like oh I can't wait to be a mom I just want to be a mom I was the opposite uh so it feels really challenging and it feels that's when you know it's God when you're like I don't really want to do that but okay I will (laughs) just like moving to Waco um and so I'm like okay I know this is God so I'm gonna do it even though it feels really challenging and it's ever since then I have had so much freedom and I feel so much more joy. I would say prior, I was probably struggling with a lot of anxiety and depression trying to work, but I wasn't able to. And so I just felt really defeated and shameful and a lot of disappointment. Um, and ever since I've chosen to put on my mom cap, all, all of that faded away because there's just been so much freedom in choosing to be a mom. Yeah. That's for good. both of us, even relationally, we were fighting all the time. And boom, when I like said yes to what Jesus was saying, our bickering ceased. It was awesome. That was a bad time. The first three months were rough. <laughs> guys, um, I wanted to ask you guys where people are going to want to know where they can A, see your work because they're going to go probably like I did go nerd out on all of your photo work. Um, So yeah, just like where you guys can be found on social media, your website, that kind of thing. And also I wanted you to plug your ceramic shop. Are you still doing that, Danny, or is that on hold? Sure. Uh, my pottery is a little bit on hold okay. because of Cohen, but I sometimes do like quick flash sales and I just do those on Instagram and it's DP Ceramic Co. And it's just whatever I've made as what's for sale. And it usually goes really fast because I don't do them that often. Um, but it's a really fun side hobby 
that I just find great joy in. And then if you want to find the Phil Greens, that's our name for everything. You can find our website, www.thephilgreens.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at thephilgreens. And we sell our date night magazine if you're engaged or if you're dating or if you're married or empty nesters. Our magazine's great for everybody. Um, Mm. It's just a way to intentionally connect with your partner without having to put in too much thought and really get to know each other even if you've been married for a long time. It's a really fun tool that we just created this year for volume two. That's cool. us. Yeah, Those are the she places. Crushed it. I don't need also, to add anything. I, was, to I have to comment. I see a guitar. You're a worship leader, right, Cameron? Did I, I read do that right? Worship. Yes. Cool. Yep. I just, I yep. just, I'm like, that's been there the whole time, but I just honed in on. <laughs> yes, he honed in on that. He, he's a great worship leader. That's cool. Well, <laughs> I appreciate oh you guys. Gosh. Thank you for joining. I'm sorry if it felt like abruptly ended, but I just feel like you guys shared so many little nuggets. I'm gonna pull from and even uses little quotes because just an encouragement for couples who are walking in either a season of maybe desiring to work together or are working together and they needed to hear what you shared or just the way the Lord clearly brought you two together. So I just love that. Thank you guys for sharing all of that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having us, Alicia. It was a blast. It seriously was. You're so awesome. We love what you're doing. We can't wait to share your Uh podcast so people can have another resource to click into. Amen. I thank you. I appreciate that so much.